Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGM Radio, episode number 256. Training camp is here, baby. Day one of practice is in the books. First day of Eagles training camp. With me, as always, Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. All eyes on, well, a lot of players, but most specifically Jalen Hurts and how he is going to perform in this camp with a roster that is looking very good around him. Brandon, how are you doing after this surprisingly uh, sunny day? It was supposed to be cloudy today out on the fields today. Uh, I don't know if you had your sunscreen on. I skipped it. Hopefully, I don't take too much of a beating on that one. But how are you doing, buddy? Jimmy, you got to wear sunscreen all the time, especially <laughs> at training camp. Uh, well, not maybe all the time in life, but definitely during training camp. Jimmy, it's an exciting time to be back here with you for these podcasts. Some of the best content I think we have or most exciting content of the year. Getting a look ahead at this year's team. It's a fun time. The energy is palpable. The hype, the excitement. So we'll get into all that on today's pod. But before we do, BGN Radio, obviously brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Go to RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Same discount code works at WildNaturePet.com for 15% off dog treats. Jimmy, you already dropped an episode. We already dropped an episode Mm -hmm. in the feed here. If people didn't already see your interview with uh, former BGN writer, for those who don't know, Elliot Shore Parks. Um, and you're going to have more of those as we kind of teased in our last episode mm-hmm. before training camp. So I think people can stay tuned for that. And I'd also like to hear the feedback from people. You know, are you liking these thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever, hopefully a thumbs up, uh, but you can tweet me and Jimmy at Brandon Gowton at Jimmy Kemsky at BGN underscore radio to, uh, to weigh in on those. Just to be clear. So the readers, or not readers, listeners know what we're talking about. I'm just going to talk to uh, various beat writers throughout training camp just while the players are stretching, warming up, et cetera, during the boring parts of practice. Uh, today we talked about uh, Elliot and his his penchant for uh, hot takery. <laughs> Not even necessarily hot takery, but just uh, he loves putting his takes out there. And uh, I don't know, we got into there. There'll be like 10, 15 minutes long, uh, I think, on average. But uh, yeah, fun conversation with Elliot today, I thought. Maybe some non-beat reporters too. You know, could yeah, be, we'll uh, see. Could be a commentator or an analyst mm-hmm. or a national person or a reporter. Uh, maybe I would love to get you know, let's say maybe like Mike Quick if he's hanging sure. out on the sideline, something like that. He so was there today. you never know. Exactly, you never know who's going to pop like up. Ian Rappaport was there today. Uh, Mike Garofolo was there today. Yep. 
Uh, Ike was there today. So, you know, any, I, yep. anyone I could uh, just kind of roll up on and say, yo, here's your microphone. <laughs> just shut up and talk to me on the podcast. Shut up and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, where should we start today on the first day? Of I Eagles think we should probably camp? start with Jalen Hurts, right? Probably. So I think what we're going to do uh, on these podcasts, uh, on these, excuse me, uh, post training camp practice podcast is we're going to give Jalen Hurts sort of a, not thumbs up, thumbs down, but sort of like a stock up, stock down, or stock neutral rating on him yeah. day by day. Um, so why don't we save what we ultimately grade him on between those three things until sure. we talk about him. But um, what were your takeaways on him today? Yeah, you know, I, I did not see a night and day difference. Now, you know, it's one practice. They didn't even go a full hour. It was like 59 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The energy was high. Uh, I thought relative, especially like right at the jump of 11 on 11, there was a lot of tempo and fast mm-hmm. pace in there. Um, so I think that that kind of goes with the limited practice uh, amount is that, you know, Sirianni kind of wants the energy to, br- you got to bring it. You have to have the energy mm-hmm. high if you're, if you're not going to practice a lot. So, um, you know, but again, to be expected, I think to a certain extent, he did not get off to a fast start as we noted at the time last year, kind of up and down. Um, that's my that's my kind of takeaway as a whole. I thought there was a lot of up and down. Mm-hmm. I saw some good things, some some encouraging progress. I saw some signs that were similar from last year in terms of holding on to the ball for too long, kind of leaving plays on the field, uh, ultimately running instead of you know passing when and leaving a play on the field of a potential touchdown. So a mixed bag to start out. As uh, Mike Quake, the aforementioned Mike Quake, noted last year, the defense is ahead of the offense in training camp, or at least that's his mindset. So uh, if you take all that you know, into context, it's not a disastrous start by any means, but it's also not like an A-plus start. So I have three highlights and three lowlights for, for Jalen today. Um, I'll start with the highlights first. I thought he had a really nice uh, throw on a slot. I think it was a slot fade anyway to yep. Quez Watkins, who won... Uh, contested catch over Avante Maddox. Uh, he hit Watkins another time uh, in the back of the end zone. I think he was kind of rolling to his right on that play. Ball, as he likes to do. Ball, as he always does, yeah. Bought a lot of zip uh, on it and had a good placement. Uh, Quez made a nice catch in the back of the end zone on that one. And then he hit A.J. Brown in stride um, for a TD on the left side uh, of the end zone, which is not mm. typically where he likes to put the ball. Um, so I thought those were his three highlights the three lowlights that I had for him, I think the obvious one was uh, uh, this again on the left side of, of the field. He had Dallas Goddard who had a step on Marcus Epps, and I thought the ball just was wasn't out as quickly as it should have been. Like not out of his break. Yes, he didn't hit him out of his break, and it gave Epps a chance to recover. And Epps actually made a great play on the ball and, and picked it off. Um, so credit him for that. Don't just put it all on Hurts. Credit the player for making the play. Uh, but that should have been a touchdown, and he didn't connect with him on that. There was another play where Quez was wide open on what should have been a TD. It looked like the defense was sort of unset or confused or whatever, but Quez, and it, he, I, I felt he should have recognized it, and Quez broke free because they didn't know who was, the defense didn't mm-hmm. know who was covering who, and he didn't see it. And uh, the third one was, <clears throat> and this wasn't really his fault necessarily, we found out after practice, was, uh, he had a ball that it looked like it slipped out of his hands when it was happening live and the ball just fluttered like straight up in the air. Brandon Graham mm-hmm. had a chance to pick it off. Lane Johnson smacked it out of his hands. So it wound up not being a pick. turns out that, uh, I, I think, uh, when he put his, you know, hand back and when he, when he cocked to throw it, 
uh, it hit uh, Miles Sanders and that caused okay. the uh, the pop up or whatever you call it. Um, but it looked ugly. <laughs> I mean, so again, I don't think yeah. we can really put that on him necessarily if if it was sort of an accidental thing where it, it hit Miles Sanders. But uh, those are the three plays that that I thought were a little bit ugly. But on the whole, like you said, up and down, which is sort of what you know we saw er, you know in the early practices last year. Again, just day one. You know what? Even if he had a great day, I think you, you know, celebrate it and you're encouraged by it. Uh, if he had a really bad day, then it's mildly concerning. But I thought today he was just kind of up and down. So for me, uh, my stock report would be stock neutral. I agree, and I and I think unlike the MVP, LVP play of the day, those three different categories here on the podcast, we'll do daily for each practice. I think Jimmy and I are going to come to a consensus on the Hertz thing. So I think it's kind of more fun to, for the sake of discussion, at the very least, to kind of to kind of come together on that one uh, and, and make an official BGN Radio ruling. And I am also here. I, I put stock even, stock neutral, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's hard to say it was stock up. I was I was kind of leaning between stock down, but I think that might have been stock even. But I, that's probably too harsh. Um, I didn't know the point about the fumble right away. Uh, Miles or the the you know the ball that slipped yeah he out didn't of his answer hand. that like on the record or anything like that. Right, uh, Jeff McLean asked him off. To I the, saw that, off but I wasn't side. sure what that was about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he asked him okay, off to the so. side what happened on that. So this this is this is per Jalen Hurts himself. That Miles right. Sanders, uh, <laughs> not necessarily hit the, hit the ball in his backswing, for lack of a way, better way of putting it. Sure, yeah, and whatever that play is not like super concerning. It's not like oh, can Jalen Hurts not hold on yeah. to the ball while he throws? Like if this were Kenny um, Pickett, like if Eagles drafted Kenny Pickett and he had you know the big concern with him, hands. like the small hands, right. then yeah, you'd be really confused. You'd be like, oh, sure. uh oh, we saw it on yeah. day one. Uh oh, but I don't think that's a problem with um, that's never been a concern with Jalen Hurts. Sure. Uh, one positive thing that you didn't mention that I put down is that I really liked uh, the one rep where he just hit Kenny Gainwell over the middle in okay. stride, allowing him to get some yards after the catch. It wasn't anything super fancy, mm-hmm. but for a guy who doesn't always throw over the middle, um, and this was shorter over the middle, and also doesn't always throw quick, he kind of did both there. And it was a simple play, but allowed Kenny Gainwell to be in a position to get yards after the catch. So I thought that was a nice thing to see. He had another one um, of those with Boston Scott, too, I think. Sure. So, you know, some some good things, some bad things, a mixed bag on the first day. And again, we'll kind of take stock of this as training camp goes along. And then at the end of it, we'll have a, you know, a better picture mm-hmm. of where he is at this. Is he, is he more stock up? Is he more in the middle? Or is he stock down? We'll see. So uh, that's where where it started for him. Anything else on Hertz before we kind of, I guess, bounce around? No, I think we, we can get move to our on. awards. Okay, where else do you want to go then? All right, uh, I'll go up first then, I guess. Um, so, I think one thing that makes sense defensively for the Eagles uh, at the cornerback position are matchups, and I think for the most part, when uh, the Eagles face, uh, you know, a, a team that has multiple weapons at wide receiver, they'll be picky and choosy about who lines up against two. And um, today in practice, Darius Slay mostly covered Devontae Smith and James Bradbury mostly covered A.J. Brown. And that makes sense to me because James Bradbury is 6'1", 215-ish pounds, and he's a physical player. So he's when the Eagles play... um, you know, teams that have a bigger, you know, physical type of receiver, 
it's probably gonna be James Bradbury covering that guy. And then when there's a speed guy or a guy that's sort of a savvy route runner, I think we're going to see Darius Slay trailing that guy. And that's sort of what we saw here on day one was uh, Slay taking the, you know, I think the most obvious, you know, matchup for him would be Devontae. And the most obvious matchup for James Bradbury would be A.J. Brown. And uh, that's that's how those matchups went today. Again, very simple thing, but it makes a lot of sense that, that they be covering, you know, specifically those guys. So we should note here that Zach Pascal did not practice. He's listed out due mm-hmm. to illness, not specified as COVID, just illness. Um, while some other guys missed practice time due to COVID, such as Fletcher Cox and Anthony Harris and Jason Kelsey. Um, and Who's the last else, guy? But, Who is it? Um, I forget. You tell me. Carrick Wheatfall. Oh, yeah. Wide my receiver. <laughs> no wonder why I didn't remember that. <laughs> How dare um, you? So. Uh, poor, alas, poor Carrick. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that is an interesting mix and match thing, but I, I would have been interested to see if Pascal was there because would they be rotating him with the first team as opposed to just really having it like it was with Quez and Devante and AJ Brown as the clear mm-hmm. top three, uh, to the delight of probably many an Eagles fan, Jalen Rager was not taking any first team reps at all. Actually, looked decent. Thought I he had a good day. The, I mean, decent. I don't think he did anything like insanely impressive, but yeah. he, he didn't miss, mess up at all, yeah. which is a good sign for him. And was solid again, second and third stringer. So you'll take that. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, what's your next point? Um, my next thing would be a little concerning. I, I hate to make a mountain out of a molehill, Jimmy, but for Miles Sanders, who <laughs> apparently may have caused, you know, like almost an interception. Also, which might be just a fluke thing, but this was not a fluke thing in that his first target of training camp, he ended up catching it, but he bobbled it many times. He like triple caught it. And, you know, if that's in a game where they can actually, the players can actually get tackled, that's probably not going to be a catch. Might be an interception because he gets hit as he's bobbling it and it's up in the air and all of a sudden, you know, it's a pick six going the other way. So it's one play, but for a guy who had a lot of, issues with drops in training camp last year, and then to a much larger point and larger sample size, not just one play has not been what you want him to be as a pass catcher mm-hmm. since his rookie year. Like it's, it's just not encouraging. It's not what you want to see. And it doesn't mean he, he can't have value still as a runner, which he does, but you kind of want to see him be this complete player, especially if you're going to sign this guy to a contract extension and you're just not seeing that still. Yeah, you don't want to see that on the first target of of camp for him. And it wasn't a hard pass to catch, in my opinion. It was just a little dump down, and he triple caught it. And I don't know. We saw a lot, like you said, we saw him struggle catching the ball in camp last year, and he didn't have a good, you know, receiving year last year uh, or the year before, for that matter. He had like an absurd number of drops, really, the year before. Um, So, I mean, as much as I think um, the Eagles and Eagles fans would love to see him become a complete. Uh, running back. I mean, he's explosive. He can make big plays on runs. Um, I think he's okay enough, I guess, on in, in pass protection. Uh, but I think the two deficiencies that you worry about with him are ball security and being able to catch the football. And um, the Eagles need him to be a complete back. Like they need him to be able to make plays uh, in the passing game, especially with this quarterback with who, you know, his strength is, you know, making plays with his legs and uh, he'll need that help 
uh, to be able to dump things down underneath uh, to a guy like Sanders, especially with, you know, the weaponry that they have with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Quez Watkins and Dallas Goddard. A lot of resources are going to be go, are, are going to be put toward slowing those guys down in the passing game, and it theoretically could lead to more opportunities for the running back in the passing game. And they need him to make uh, at least make the plays that he that any running back should make. And thinking about it from a bigger picture, if Miles Sanders isn't able to be trusted as a pass catcher, that's ultimately going to hamper his playing time. Yeah, for sure. Which then means he's not going to necessarily get as many carries as he could because he's not going to be out there on the field right. when they need to pass the ball, as opposed to if he could really do both, then you, you can have him out there and you can pick your choice of what those things, as opposed to just putting him out there. You can't just be like, well, oh, he's still good at running and put him out there. And then it's more predictable that you are going to run. Right. Um, like that's not the ideal setup. So not to say, you know, he's a bum or anything, but it's, it's just not seeing the evolution of the player that you want to see. And, uh, I thought you had a kind of an interesting thought on this on the sideline. You know, we saw a decent amount of Kenny Gainwell with the first team offense mm-hmm. and the team seemingly wanting to get him touches and targets. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, mean, I think they're going to have to be careful about balancing. And th- the reason that they want to have him out there is because they want to create mismatches against opposing linebackers uh, in the same way that the Colts use Naheem Hines, for example, uh, to to you know get him the ball through the air. Uh, against linebackers that should be an easy matchup for him to win but they got to be careful about are you are you throwing the ball to or you know are you are you you know sort of force feeding a guy like Kenny Gainwell who realistically isn't in your top four or five best receiving options on the team just because you're trying to force a mismatch I think that's when coaches get a little bit you know too I guess, uh, over creative to over scheme, uh, as opposed to just letting their best players make plays. So, um, you know, I, I certainly think it's, it's worthwhile trying to develop that aspect of Kenny Gamewell's game game, excuse me. And, and, you know, beat those kinds of, uh, mismatches when, when they're presented, but they also just have to be careful to not fall in love with that and, and let their play, let their best players make plays. What is your next thing, Jimmy? Then we'll take a break. So I'll go negative here uh, since your last one was. Wow, what a hater on the first day. (laughs) I thought Kayvon Wallace had a rough day. Uh, Sad to say. There was, um, you know, by the way, we should note note that it was, did we note this already? That was pretty much just a red zone day. Yeah. Completely. Um, But there was was one play where Wallace didn't know where he was supposed to line up. And uh, uh, Marcus Epps was you know, sort of yelling at him where he should be. And while Epps was yelling at him and Wallace was trying to figure out where he needed to be, the ball snapped. Boston Scott gets the handoff, runs right into the end zone where Kayvon Wallace is. Kayvon Wallace probably should have been. Um, very next play, uh, you know, Wallace didn't, you know, I, I think he kind of didn't see the play well. And this is the mm-hmm. aforementioned uh, nice throw from Hertz to Quez Watkins in the back of the end zone where I said he had, you know, good zip on the ball and it's good placement. Quez Watkins made a good catch in the back of the end zone on the play, but also on that play, that ball zipped right over Kayvon Wallace's head. And had he mm-hmm. sort of been more aware, he would have been able to get his hands up in time, uh, theoretically and, and broken up that play, but he didn't. And it was just a, a really, uh, you know, not great two play series from him. And he was pulled 
uh, aside by um, uh, Denard Wilson uh, after that play, and I was getting schooled a little bit by him. Um, weird career so far for Kayvon Wallace in that when they drafted him, I think most fans and, you know, I, th- I think a lot of media both sort of uh, thought that he was the best value pick uh, of that draft and that they got him in the fourth round when he was a guy that was, you know, maybe being projected to be a day two kind of guy. And he just really hasn't panned out so far. Um, his snap totals actually went down from his rookie year in 2020 to 2021, both in terms of the regular defense and uh, on special teams. So this is a really important camp for him. He is, you know, fighting for a job uh, at all in my, like just a roster spot uh, this year, as opposed to actually getting playing time. So uh, not the best start for him again, early in camp. We'll see what he can do, but uh, I thought he had a rough day today. It's kind of a interesting, maybe like two sides of the coin. On one hand, it's positive that, for him that he got the first team reps with Anthony Harris, not practicing mm-hmm. like the coaches, you know, are kind of giving him a chance, but <laughs> not good when you're not making the most of that opportunity and you're struggling. I agree with you in terms of fighting for a roster spot. I don't even have him on the, on my 53 okay. roster projection that I did prior to camp. I just, I don't see why you, he hasn't really done anything. Would you have to... Harris Epps, Sachere and Tart? Yep. Okay. Yep. I have that because, you know, uh, Sachere can also play, yeah, he's, uh, he's slot corner. Yeah, and he's if you need him to input, and has been good on special teams. Yeah, so and that's another thing. Has Kayvon Wallace really ever done a whole lot on special teams either? Like you just you can't really point to a lot with him. There isn't much for him to hang his hat on. I know people you know were excited about him, but just really haven't seen it. And again, there have been opportunities like in past off seasons. You know, Rodney McLeod mm-hmm. was missing practice time. He's he's gotten reps with you know first team units. He, he's had opportunities. And he has never really seized that and like ran away with it. So uh, I think it's kind of just more of the same in that regard. It's, it's just a disappointing uh, development for him. Again, it's day one. That's you could say that about any of these things. It's day one, <laughs> right? It's not, it's not camp. Last year, and and kind of for perspective on this, last year uh, it wasn't day one, but it was early in camp where Jake Elliott had a really bad yeah. day. He missed what a couple uh, field goals and I think at least two. Uh, and and then he was on fire then, the rest of the camp. Yeah, then he didn't like basically didn't miss yeah. the rest of camp. So you know sometimes you have a bad day to start, and then you turn it on. But uh, not a good start for Kayvon Wallace. Okay, Jimmy, uh, let's take a break here. Okay. Why don't you tell me about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, and then we'll be back with our MVPs, LVPs, and play of the day. Yeah, eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five is the phone number where you can reach Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, or you can. Go to RoachRealtors.com. Voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. Brandon. We'll be back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio with our first Eagles training camp practice recap podcast. A lot of words in there. I think I got it right. Jimmy, the real MVP is Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors <laughs> and co-MVP, Righteous Felon Craft Turkey yes. and WildNaturePet.com. Make sure you use discount code BGN15. But as far as the Eagles training camp MVP of the day, why don't we start with those? Uh, I'm going to go, well, actually, I want you to go first because my pick is going to be contingent. I don't think anyone from today deserved to be doubled up on. So I don't want to double up on someone. Yeah. And if you pick one name, I might pick the other. Name. Yeah, I was torn between two players, too. Um, so we, maybe we should split it then. I'm going to go Marcus oh. Epps because oh, interesting. I, thought Epps-y. Made, I thought he made a really nice play. And I also thought you could, like, just watching him, um, he was the number one safety on the field today. As you mentioned, you know, Anthony Harris wasn't out there for the most part. He was limited today, but um, Marcus Epps was the number one safety out there today. And he took control on the back end. Like I really, Mm -hmm. uh, so just to give you, you, the listener frame of reference on our vantage point today, we're in the back of the end zone watching the red zone drill. So the offense is coming at us and the defense is right in front of us. So we get to see all the communication defensively. 22. And the, and Marcus Epps was, I mean, he. I thought he he looked the part in terms of taking control of the defense and and barking out where you know everyone needed to be. I mentioned earlier where he was barking at uh, Kayvon Wallace where he should have been, but he was doing that with the linebackers and and getting everyone set. And he looked confident doing it. So that's that's the first thing. And then you know I mentioned the interception that he had. He just made a really nice play. So I was impressed uh, with what I saw on that. The other guy that I was thinking about was Quez Watkins, but I feel like he's good. And, uh, and he like, cause he made two nice plays today. Uh, one was a contested catch, which is something that we've seen from, we've seen that he can do that. Uh, he made a nice contested catch again, like I said uh, earlier over uh, Avante Maddox, but I think he's going to show up again here at some point. Whereas I don't know that Marcus Epps will, but uh, so, you know, today, day one, I'm going to give it to Epps because I, I thought he showed something just in terms of uh, making a play, and then also in terms of maybe ste- stepping up into, you know, maybe a leadership role, which I hadn't, like, really foreseen, but I saw that on the field today. Hashtag justice for Jim Schwartz, who always believed <laughs> in Epsy, as yeah. he called him, and did trust him to play more than people were comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a reasonable pick by you. I would say that I think a lot of people have been thinking the whole offseason, like, we have this big hole at safety. Is Marcus Epps good enough? I would say I might be more concerned about, is Anthony Harris good enough at this point? Mm -hmm. I think Anthony Harris, declining player, whereas Marcus Epps, while not proven, might be on the upswing and has potential to kind of be a decent starter. And I think it's very possible, and let me know what you think, that it's not Marcus Epps versus Jaquiski Tart, which I think a lot of people thought yes. when the Eagles signed Tart. I think it's Anthony Harris versus Jaquiski Tart for that second uh, safety starting job. Um, that's my not that hot or interesting of a take, hot take on that. So I think <laughs> medium, it's a good pick by me, you. Like a medium heat take. 
medium heat take. Um, I am so it's tough because I was between two as well. It's like a honey Quiz barbecue Watkins, take. Honey barbecue take. Um, I was between two, and I thought about Quiz Watkins, but I think you might be right. I think he. And this is a very good sign for Quiz, by the way. Yeah. He kind of ha- is maybe graduating to that level. Not quite of like, you know, back when Fletcher Cox is in his prime or right. where he's at now or Zach Ertz or whoever. When you just see them be good, it's expected. So you don't even like really tweet about it or necessarily even really mention right. it in your notes unless it's truly sensational and otherworldly because that's just what you expect. I don't think he's kind of fully arrived there, but he's kind of approaching that. So Yeah, LaShawn McCoy that, will break off some crazy run and just be like, so what? Right, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what he does. I'm, so with that in mind, uh, even though I think it would be kind of nice to split between defense and offense, I'm going to give it to TJ Edwards because okay. I thought he had a good practice yeah. today. He stripped A.J. Brown after Brown made a short catch. By the way, I didn't think it was a really active uh, practice for A.J. Brown, which is kind of following up from his one practice in OTAs as well, which you weren't there for. Even that touchdown catch he had today, I wasn't like super jazzed about that or anything. Uh, (laughs) Garofolo, right? Yeah, Garofolo. He's not like Janine Garofolo. Spelled the Mm. same, but he's Garofolo as Gene Garofolo. Garofolo. Tweeted something like that. Basically, it was like very like hyped up. Not that say, I'm saying he was hyping up that play. Like someone reacted to that play as that was like something big. And I don't know. Maybe it's my vantage point. I didn't think that was. It was fine, but it wasn't anything. That like, was a good throw from Hertz. It was. It was good, it was, but it wasn't anything. Yeah, like I don't think it, highlight worthy. It's not making a highlight reel anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was like routine. Good play. Uh. Anyway. Let me, can uh, I for, make a, Can I make a quick point yes. about AJ Brown real quick? So. Sure. We talk about we've talked about in the past about running backs, for example, and like these kind these practice settings are not conducive to a player like Jordan Howard, for example, yes. who's like a power back, and there's no tackling, so you don't get to see him break tackles and and things, and like uh, and you know whereas um, you'll have like a uh, like a shifty slot receiver, those guys are gonna produce in these in like sh- you know just shells and shorts. Uh, because they're not getting jammed at the line so much and they're not being, you know, there's less physicality in these practices. And I think that applies a little bit to AJ Brown because, you know, a big part of his game obviously is being physical uh, and, you know, breaking tackles after the catch and, and so on and so forth. So I think when we think about the camp that AJ Brown is having uh, as we go through over the next two to three weeks, kind of to keep in mind that Mm -hmm. his greatest skill set is sort of negated by the way these practices are run. Well, also, if you're running just red zone stuff, because I think he has value, you know, stretching the yeah, field and yeah. making big plays. So I think there's some of that. Not to, again, raise major concern, but I just honestly, if I'm evaluating it, I wasn't like overly impressed with him today by any means. And he got stripped. And I kind of like that from TJ Edwards mm-hmm. from the standpoint of it's kind of an alpha move to go up to the guy <laughs> who everyone is super hyped about and making all the headlines and being like, that was hey, a violent like, punch. <laughs> yeah. And he just, and I'm pretty sure it was a fumble. You kind of were wondering if it was an incompletion yeah. or not. Cause it happened so quick, but I think he deserves credit for the fumble on that one. I think AJ took a couple of steps uh, and uh, TJ Edwards also blew up a screen too, I believe. Yeah. Kenny Kenny Gainwell. Gainwell. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, and all around solid. And I think just like, I, I would not assume by any means that TJ Edwards is going to the bench. Like I think a lot of people are excited about Nicobe Dean sure. and I get it, but 
again, through the practices that I've watched, I haven't really seen a whole lot from Nakobe, and maybe he'll come on as the summer comes along. But he's certainly not just replacing TJ Edwards by default by any means. And Kaiser White, we'll see. I think he has, you know, something to prove still. I'm not just assuming he's going to be great. But I know for, I know he's not going to just merely be, like, slotting in for TJ Edwards. I'm going to give Edwards my MVP for today. Okay, that's fair. So let's shift it over to the LVPs. And I'll start. Uh, not much to say that I haven't already said earlier. We talked about him. It's Kayvon Wallace. Mm-hmm. I think he is the LVP of today's practice. I think stock down. Like, and, 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 you know, he had, again opportunity to prove himself first team reps and bad play when it came to being in run defense like you mentioned and not knowing where to be and not executing and then getting lost in pass coverage it's just you know he's a third year pro right like what why is this happening like and and it's his second year in the system i just I, i don't think that's great especially when there's opportunities to be had here and room for him to move up the depth chart he's just not capitalizing so LVP for him. What about you? Yeah, same. Uh, I already, okay. you know, kind of went into Ooh, detail. Tough. The double, the day one <laughs> double up. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't know that you, that you had had him earmarked for your uh, least valuable player, but yeah, he's he's my obvious one in this case. And and for me, uh, I went double safety. I went you know, mm. uh, Marcus Epps for my most valuable player and Kayvon Wallace for my least valuable player. So, uh, yeah, some some safety boot some. I guess we'll, we'll call it uh, Marcus Epps. Not that I think he was in danger of being caught by Kayvon Wallace, but putting some more distance between himself and Kayvon. S S S S A A A A F F F F E E E E T T T T Y Y Y Y Safety Talk. That's right. Boom, nailed it. Play of the day. I have the slot fade. Jalen Hurts throwing that back shoulder touch. It was a back shoulder throw. Thought it was a nice, it was a nice catch by Quez as well. But for Hertz to give, you know, Quez the opportunity to make a play on the ball in that spot, uh, I thought that was a good throw by him. That was probably the most wow play. I think, not trying to be a Hertz hater, Jimmy, really not. But I think a lot of his best plays aren't like super flashy for the most part, as much as some other quarterbacks who really hit you with some of these like wow throws. I don't think he has a lot of those moments. So I think that kind of speaks to the disparity between some of the training camp stats you see uh, out there that have been floating around. And I feel like I look at the numbers. And I'm like, that looks really good, but that does not really match the vibe of what I saw today is, is it was not as impressive as those numbers seem to suggest it was. And again, those stats don't reflect things like the play where Jalen Hurts could have had a touchdown and just ran instead like that doesn't get marked down in that stat sheet as could have been a touchdown mm-hmm. um so it's you know it's not a perfect science by any means um but this was a really good throw by him and i thought that was impressive so i have it down uh as that and, I, and on quez's part i just wanted to say we've talked about this before but his ability as a contested catch guy it, it i know like i've seen him do it before so it's not surprising in that sense but for a guy with like with his frame yeah. and then just and his reputation speed. as yeah. a speedster, as someone who not only a speedster, both in terms of getting open down the field and being able to, you know, catch like a deep bomb, but also as we talked about recently, even just going back to last preseason and against the Cardinals in 2020, where he can just catch the ball and then make things happen mm-hmm. after the catch and take off after that. Like it's, it's just not really typical that you see a guy like that also be so good at these contested catches and a guy, honestly, who just doesn't have the biggest frame. Like you look at him, he's not like, you know, rocked up or anything. Like um, he's he's kind of a skinnier guy relatively, at least I feel like, Um, but he's really good at that. 
So I'm going to give it to that play. And at the end of the standings, I kind of, for a play like this, I kind of give them half a point in my total column. So they each get half a point, essentially. Yeah, Quez is the fastest player on the team. Well, maybe not uh, with Devin Allen there, I guess. Uh, but the fastest player on the team are the guys that are definitely, like, definitely going to make the team. Right. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you that you don't really often see that, um, that, you know, a guy that can make contested catches like that from, from a guy with that profile. I was, um, so the two Jalen Hurts throws that I thought were really good was the one that you mentioned. And then the mm-hmm. one also to the back of the end zone to Quez. Uh, so b- both passes to Quez were, were in contention. But I thought the best throw of the day was from Gardner Minshew wow. to Grant Calcaterra. You're the hate Hurts hater. <laughs> it was a great throw by, by, uh, by Gardner on that play. Uh, Calcaterra ran a good route. And um, Minshew just fired it like right down the middle of the field uh, and, and hit Calcaterra like perfect spot, like hands just mm-hmm. above his head. And uh, it was nice route, nice uh, nice throw, and touchdown. And actually, I thought we, I should note that Grant Cal- Calcaterra I thought was yeah. pretty active today. When we didn't mention him earlier, but uh, I thought he had a, he had an active day, and and uh, that was an impressive uh, throw and catch, not catch, but route uh, by by Calcaterra. And that that was my play of the day. Minshew maybe locked onto him a little bit. I thought uh, mm. I, I was I was standing next to you and uh, and Jeff McLean when that play. Uh, it happened and McLean commented. He said, "I watched Minshew." He said, "I watched Minshew." He said he watched Minshew um, the entirety of that play, and he said he basically locked on to Calcaterra. Nevertheless, uh, he locked on to the right guy because he ran a good route and he threw with anticipation and he threw a strike. Uh, so that that's my play of the day. Again, nothing flashy there, but mm-hmm. uh, in a in a sub hour practice. Uh, I thought that was the best throw in and catch of the day. Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down for should Grant Calcaterra's nickname be Calculator? <laughs> What's is there any further explanation on that, or just because it sounds? Uh, a little I think like... it sounds similar to me. <laughs> sure, we can call him Calculator. Why not? Forty-three percent yes, fifty-seven percent no on BGN. So kind of split in favor of no. <laughs> um. Yeah, oh, that know. you voted, you took that to yeah, a I made vote? a poll on on my notes. What, what, what was the uh, what was the split? Forty three yes, fifty seven no. <laughs> I did think he made Surprised some nice you plays. Got forty three yes on that. I so am I honestly. Like I if he were if you were known for like being good at math or something, then sure. But <laughs> just because his name, had, maybe he is. He, you don't know he's not. Ask him. Ask him. I will next press conference. Say, are you good at math? Just, just say that. Just <laughs> no say, context. are you yeah. good at math? And see what his answer hey, is. Hey, Grant, uh, you know, how are you picking up the scheme here? You know, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I'm learning it. Just, you know, it's a grind. And then I go up next and I'm like, hey, Grant, are you good at math? And he's like, yeah. And then doesn't even, <laughs> no elaboration, goes on to the next question. <laughs> Would love that. Um, man. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought he did some nice things. That was good to see. Johnny Page, uh, great Johnny Page, did a, a all-22 film review on him this offseason for Bleeding Green Nation and pointed out that he thought Grant Calcaterra could be a weapon in the red zone. That's where some of his best work uh, was happening back in college. So that might be a situation where he's just an effective red zone player, um, and maybe that'll help him earn a roster spot here uh, as the Eagles try to find some depth behind Dallas Goddard because they certainly do not have any 
proven guys in that regard, uh, at least just yet. So I think that's a good shout out by you. Um, and that does it, Jimmy, for today, for the first day of Eagles training camp. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, they went an hour today. <laughs> and then they immediately have off. Uh, the, or well, they have a walkthrough. Is it a walkthrough? Okay. Yeah, it's a walkthrough. We have off. We're not allowed, we're not allowed to watch the walkthroughs. It um, would be very boring, right? Yeah. It's like watching paint dry. Well, I remember back in the Andy Reid days when they had two-a-days at Lehigh. And the first practice of the day, I mean, they would go long, too. Like, they'd be like two, two and a half hours. And Ooh. then they'd break, and everyone would leave, go get lunch or whatever. And then you come back, and the second practice would happen. And those were walkthroughs. And that was just what, like... I feel like walkthroughs now, I've seen walkthroughs like more recently. They're not as bad as those Andy Reid walkthroughs back in the, because it was so freaking hot at Lehigh. And it was basically just like watching cows graze, like just mm. watching paint dry. There's just nothing going on out on the field. You'd be out there for like two hours waiting for the practice to end so that like you can get to the interviews or whatever. But uh, they, we're just not allowed, we're just not invited to the walkthroughs anymore. Um, I do have some small concern about the length of these practices and the fact that there are only 10 practices. Uh, I guess there's four more. Uh, like, 10 and over here. There, there are 10 practices on the schedule right now. And then there will be four joint practices, two each with the Browns and Dolphins. And if they're going to be, I mean, they're not, they're not all going to be this short, of course, but if they're as short as they were last year, like I get certainly, and I agree with the, I mean, the the priority being put on having guys healthy for the regular season. And by the way, we should also note that everyone's pretty much a full go. That was expected. There were no surprises, really. I guess the only surprise was Dick Rod is on the pop list, uh, in hmm. addition to Tyree Jackson and Brett Toth. And then you mentioned earlier the guys that are recovering from COVID. But otherwise, they don't really have injuries. So... It's as healthy as I've kind of seen this team heading into a yeah. training camp and they want to keep it that way. So I get it, but there is kind of a balance between keeping guys healthy and also making sure that everyone's prepared <laughs> properly for the regular season. And I guess they have the continuity maybe to get away with that because they're returning what 10 starters on offense and uh, I and guess their entire coaching staff and they have the entire right. They, they're, they're returning their entire coaching staff, which is a big deal. Uh, I guess there's more new faces on defense, which is maybe a challenge for Jonathan Gannon and the gang. But um, yeah, they, they, they're they're walking a, a fine line there between, mm -hmm. in my opinion, between preparation and uh, preservation. Ooh, I like that what sentence. A, that was good. There you go. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, what an old guy take by you, Jimmy. It doesn't matter. They don't need to practice. No, I, I think I, I criticize the Eagles for many things. I will not criticize them for this. I agree that there is some downside. I'm not going to say there's no downside, but I will say, again, for them being healthier last year than they have been in years, I would lean into what they're doing. And it, again, but I would evaluate. I would also like lean into it. And if it doesn't work, and if there's still like a lot of penalties at the beginning of the season, yeah. or they start slow and they're sloppy, then okay, I would revisit it and maybe tweak it next off season and look at that. But for now, especially if they're not even staying healthier, um, but if, if they're staying healthy, I would kind of just probably rather have that than the team being like, because I don't think a team is necessarily a well-oiled machine anyway, even if you're practicing a ton, maybe a little bit more. But I think 
injuries are like the worst thing that can happen, right? In training camp. For I don't sure. think the worst thing oh, that can sure. happen is is the team looks like a little rusty. I, I yeah. don't think that's the the worst case scenario. I think the injury For the most part, it's a veteran team too. Sure. So uh, I, I'm cool with it. Um, that's your final thought. My final thought is Jason Huntley is definitely my guy. <laughs> so we did a debate about this after Jason Huntley scored his touchdown in the red zone drills today. thought he did a nice job of getting to the edge, looking really fast as he is and getting to the corner there on, I guess what it was a toss or something and, and beating the defense, scoring a touchdown. And I just, I pointed at him and I said to Jimmy, that's my guy. And Jimmy was like, what? That's my guy. And I'm like, Jimmy, what are you talking about? I've been saying <laughs> since the beginning of last season when they cut him and I had him on my 53 man roster while you and me had him on the bubble in your latest projection. Uh, Jason Huntley, definitively my guy. So I want the listeners to weigh in on this. And there's a poll on Bleeding Your Nation and Jimmy said he's going to tweet one as well. So we have it from well, two I'll, I'll, I'll put one of my next practice notes, I think. Okay. that's Yeah, then do that. Uh, but he is definitively my guy, and I want the record to show that. But let me let me state my case for him, though, too, because I profiled him in my prospect series when he was at – first of all, do you even know what college he went to? I do. No, you're, are you looking it up? Okay, let's hear it. No, quick, I don't, I'm quick, not touching anything. Quick, quick. Uh, wasn't it San Diego State? <clears throat> I'm free. What was it? I forget now. <laughs> Is it UCLA? No. No. I forget. I can't. I'm trying to picture the uniform. What division is it in? I, I don't even know. Is it small? Oh, so it's, it's a small, small school, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, I forget. Is it like San Diego? It's not San Diego? It is on the, it's in the West, but it's not in Why California. Why is that ringing a bell? Well, do you know what his middle name is? <laughs> it's New Mexico State. I knew it was a state. Yeah, okay. New Mexico State, yes. I remember I profiled him. They they played Alabama one year. Alabama beat him by like 60-something. But I profiled him when he was in college. And Mm -hmm. uh, so he's been on my radar a long time. I didn't say I discovered him, but I think I was riding for him way harder last year than you were. (laughs) And therefore, I've claimed And I also, did you write an in-depth profile on him this offseason, specifically... On Jason I didn't need Huntley. to. I was telling people last year because that he should be on the I team. Did. I, I did that. I was did saying in training camp that? last year, he was looking because great. I did it. <laughs> and I wrote in my end of the year series on him for the running back position that he should have been on the team all along. And the Eagles acknowledged this when they actually put him on the roster, although weren't didn't keep him active for the Bucks game. No one actually cares about this. It's obviously just a bit. <laughs> but I do want him to be on the team. I think he's legitimately one of their he's best got options. Juice. Yeah. Like not and not just as a returner. Like he's he's shown some he speed as an offensive player. Like he he also had a really nice catch in OTAs, which you didn't attend, by the way. You weren't even there for one of his practices. <laughs> I've been to every single Jason Huntley practice. You cannot say you've done that's the same. true. I get you got me on that one. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Let's end the show there because it's already longer for. So we're going to keep these daily ones yeah, relatively we'll tight. A half hour or, or so, or right forty minutes. That. This is a longer one. It's the first day of camp. And there's no practice tomorrow. So, and there's no practice tomorrow. So, you have, you know, something more to uh, keep you entertained before we return on Friday at 10 a.m., which is every, the the Eagles practice that time every day, except the one practice at the link. That's next Sunday, I believe, not this one. 
and they also practice on Saturday, and they'll be off on this Sunday. So that's the upcoming schedule for you. Obviously, all of our coverage at bleedinggreennation.com for me and the things that I have going on and, and our team, and then phillyvoice.com for Jimmy and his work. Uh, as I said, you want to go check out that podcast with Elliot Shore Parks, the guest series we're doing, if you haven't already. And again, would love to hear your feedback on those episodes. Uh, if we hear good things, we'll definitely continue to do them. And if we hear bad things, then we're just going to spite you and do it anyway. <laughs> That's right. But I would like to hear the good things. Uh, so that would be nice. Um, make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. Just did an NFC East mixtape episode, Jimmy, with RJ, where we just kind of riffed about the division. That was fun. So that's uh, available on the podcast feed and YouTube, the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, Instagram at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky at BGN underscore radio is the place where you follow the podcast on Twitter at Bleeding Green for the BGN Twitter account at Bleeding Green Insta for the Bleeding Green Instagram account. Go to wildnaturepet.com. For, and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off dog treats. Go to rightsfelon.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off meat snacks. You can go to roachrealtors.com or call or text the following phone number if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house. 856-906-9295. So go do all that, and we will be back with you here for our second Eagles training camp practice ahead of the 22 season recap podcast on Friday. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.